Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Calling Tau City, turn on your radio. I know we had some words last time, but that was so long ago. I got your message. It was a little harsh, you know. It's still a little hard for me to hear. Please take it slow. Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders network, featuring tales to terrify and far-fetched fables. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. I'm tuning in to your transmissions. I'm waiting to be found and I'm building rockets. This is the Starship Sova. Everybody, welcome. Hello and welcome to show 624. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is fine and dandy. Well, before we get into the main fiction, now let's get something off my chest here. Let's get something off my chest here. The Oscars and the fi- films and all, so, all sorts. Everybody's been raving about Parasite. And I listened to Mark Kermode, and it's his best film he's seen in 10 years. He's seen it four times. I've seen more positive reviews, and maybe I got dragged up with the hype, but I've seen it. And, yeah, it was good, and it was a little bit quirky, and I, I wouldn't say it was fantastic. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know what's... Am I missing something here? Am I not seeing the, the real essence of it? And I, don't get us wrong, I like all foreign films... Me, Mrs. Starship, you know, we sit down and we watch loads of the kind of the Norwegian crime dramas, TV dramas, Swedish dramas like that, the crime ones, love it. So, and The Dark, if anyone's seen that science fiction TV series, well, that is good, mind. Oh, oh. but Parasite, it's, I think it's like a Korean, South Korean film about two families, and I just, it was all right, you know what I mean? Is it... There's just nothing, and you could kind of see the way things were going to unfold. Yeah, there was a couple of little surprises, you know what I mean? But in the same few days, I've just watched Jojo Rabbit, and oh my God, that film is fantastic. I just loved it, do you know what I mean? I just like didn't see it coming, things happen. Never seen any of that. Thought it was, I thought it touched on great the way it, you know, it was, you know, it's such a, like a kind of delicate subject, the Holocaust and the, the kind of, you know, the, the, the aftermath of it and everything. But I just thought it, it kind of, it stuck to its guns and it didn't, you know, flaunt it or anything like that. It was shown, you know, real life. But I just thought it was 
a beautiful film. Absolutely loved it. Loved it so much. All the acting was fantastic in it. And I don't know, you know what I mean? What am I am I the only one here? Anyway, there you go. Get that off your chest, Tony. So number six hundred and twenty-four and the main fiction is Top Tier by Harold R. Thompson, which is an original to Starship Sofa. Harold R. Thompson has written non-fiction and short science fiction and fantasy for a variety of print and online magazines. He is also the author of the Empire and Honor series of historical adventure novels, which include Dudley's Fusiliers, Guns of Severpol, and Sword of Mogul. He lives in Nova Scotia and, when not writing or spending time with his family, works for Parks Canada. This story is narrated by Anthony Babington. Anthony Babington is an aspiring voice actor who looks just slightly off from how he sounds. From a secret volcano lair in Minnesota, he narrates podcasts and leases his soul to corporate America. He has previously recorded for Farfetch Fables and The Cursed Inn, and you can find him at the link there on Twitter. So, the Starship Sova is very proud to present. Top Tier by Harold R. Thompson My Cantoran battlecruiser, Lancer, had just re-entered standard space, having crossed twenty light-years in as many minutes, and I was watching the forward screens when I felt a pinch on my scalp, behind and above my right ear. Probing the spot with my fingers, I felt several hard lumps, each a few millimeters long. At my touch, the skin broke and the objects came away. I held them in my hand, four tiny capsules covered in blood and fluid. Memory capsules. Fifty-eight minutes, twenty-six seconds to Randoran orbit, Commander Kane, said my navigator in its synthetic voice, my entire crew being composed of autonomous robots. Let's see the objective, I said. The navigator touched a button on its panel, and an image of Randor filled the main screen, all mud-brown overlaid with wisps of water vapor. This was my target, or at least it had been. I looked at the bloody memory capsules, certain that they must contain new orders. Before every mission, Cantoran ship commanders have their memories suppressed, or cleared, of all save essential information. This helped create focus. Each mission becomes our entire life while it lasts. My world was this magnificent ship, three hundred feet of sleek ceramic and steel and composites, armed with an array of particle beam emitters, solid-shot railguns, lasers, ship-to-ship and ship-to-surface missiles, and powered by the miraculous graviton drive. My objective was to force the Randorans to stop withholding gas and mineral exports to Cantor, which was the largest human world in the four systems. I was authorized to depopulate Randor if I deemed it necessary. When the mission was completed, my memory suppression would be reversed, and I would receive a promotion to full captain, an elevation to the top tier. It was all very straightforward, but the presence of the memory capsules meant something had changed. They must have been implanted under my scalp just after my last memory clear, most likely by my superiors. But for what? I had about fifty-six minutes. With little time to lose, I chose one of the four capsules at random, placed it in my mouth, and let it melt on my tongue. 
The memory is more like a vision. The ship. My world disappears, and I'm standing in a small apartment with white walls and bright overhead lights. I'm in the kitchen nook, facing my wife, Janelle. She's wearing a white tunic that looks like some kind of medical garb. My wife's face is beautiful, but I have no recollection of it either, of her, beyond what this capsule is showing me. And then I do. It comes flooding back in the midst of the vision, this recognition, and I wonder how I could ever have forgotten that face. The sweep of her hair, the pain and worry in her eyes, the expectation that I'll do something, that I'll fix this, whatever it is we've been discussing. She reaches out and takes my hand. I feel her warm flesh. From my right, a child's voice says, Daddy? Someone's at the door. My son. My little boy. I turn to look just as the door opens, which means someone has overridden the lock controls. I hear my son make a choking sound and then see troops flooding into the little apartment. The troops are autonomous robots, armed with energy rifles, led by a single human commander, armored in black, helmet with shut visor, an electric baton in one hand. The commander flicks the baton and it's like I've been kicked in the stomach. I hear the snap of the energy rifles as I fall to the floor. I experience the pain as I hit the cold ceramic tiles, and I see my wife lying on the floor next to me. She's on her back, eyes open and staring at the ceiling, mouth slack. Her eyes look empty. I'm unable to move, but I can blink, at least. She's not blinking. I smell burned clothing and flesh. We're sorry, Commander, says a soft voice in my ear. Don't worry. You won't remember any of this. I bite down on one of my back molars. I do this because that's how you activate a memory capsule. The vision ended and I was back aboard the Lancer, staring at Randor on the main view screen. My first reaction was confusion. I'd been in one place, one world, and now I was in another. As if dislodged by the capsule, fragments of associated memories flashed through my skull. Images of my wife and child laughing, playing. I remembered us in a different apartment, a much larger dwelling, with sunlight streaming through a bank of high glass windows. How could I have forgotten my family? The memory clearing had made me forget. Stand by for new instructions, I told my navigator. The memory capsule hadn't contained supplemental orders, but something I'd created myself. I'd activated the capsule. What I'd just seen had nothing to do with my mission. It was personal. My family. They were taken from me. I felt a scream rising, and I let it out. I screamed the single word, No! I screamed it over and over for several minutes. The robots took no notice, since it was irrelevant to their tasks and programming. I pounded the arm of the chair with my left fist. The three remaining memory capsules were still clutched in my right. Gasping, with sweat pouring from my brow and down my back inside my shirt and tunic, I finally stopped screaming and slumped in my chair. It took several more minutes for my brain to form a coherent thought. 
and that was that I needed to know more. My right hand trembled as I tossed another capsule into my mouth. I'm in a café called The Cliffside, having lunch with a fellow officer, Lieutenant Andal Kale. We're sitting under a row of large windows with a view across the dry valley toward the top-tier cities, a series of vast, pressurized domes built on a chain of wide, flat bluffs. The domes are small paradises containing parks and farms and lakes and gardens, with freestanding houses and terraced buildings surrounded by green spaces. At one end stands the royal dome, which contains the parliament and the palace of Lady Tremble, the ruler of Cantor. There they lie, I say, gazing at the domes, just out of reach. I thought you'd said you'd been promised a top-tier berth, Andal says, after your next mission. I relive my thoughts at that moment, my doubts, my struggle with whether I can trust her with what I want to say. I have a strange sense that I've been promised that before, I tell her. What do you mean? When? I lean in and whisper. I don't know. But I don't know much about what happened last month, last year. What do you remember about last year? Or the year before? Or even ten years ago? Andal narrows her eyes, and I think maybe I've made a mistake. I remember joining the service, she says. I remember our training together, my various missions, growing up here on the middle tier, playing in these tunnels. Don't you? Yes, I say. But sometimes I remember other things as well. Andal picks up a cup and sips from it tea, I think. Like what? she asks. I feel like I'm not making sense, that I should start over, or just drop the subject, but I press on. I see kids coming from the neuroclinics. They have their mental health checked every year, sometimes more often. And sometimes I wonder if we're all subject to memory control our entire lives. I remember a happy childhood, but was it really? Sometimes I recall something else, a much darker time, like something from the lower tier. And I wonder if the top tier is making us think things are better here than they are. Andal stares at me for a few seconds. Then she laughs. This makes me recoil. Sounds like some kind of grand conspiracy theory, she says. Of course we have memory control all our lives. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. We live in the moment and don't dwell on the past, with an eye to the future. I feel myself growing frustrated, even angry. What if the top tier are using us, making promises, then wiping our memories and only partially restoring them, or implanting fake memories? I'm pretty sure I was promised a top tier position before. More than once. But they made me forget, then made the same promise. They just clear our memories again and again, making us do more work for the same false motivations. We fly the ships, we work the mines and the factories, and we get nothing for it. Now Andel is looking at me as if I've lost my mind. 
What the hell, Arnie? Does Janelle know you think like this? Yes, I say to myself, but not out loud. I don't want to bring my family into this. Anda leans on the table. She's just as angry as I am now. We're not puppets, she says. We're officers of the Cantoran fleet. Our planet is big and harsh, but a lot of people live here, and we lack natural resources. It's a vulnerable society, and I help protect it. That's a life I chose, Arnie. No one makes me do it. I sigh and look out the windows at the top-tier domes. I feel a desperate sense of loneliness. No one else shares my suspicions. I bite down on one of my back molars to activate a memory capsule. The sudden return to the command bridge of my ship was every bit as disorienting as the first time, but this memory wasn't as shocking. I thought it must have taken place before the first capsule, but there was no way to be certain. Both memories lacked a larger chronology, were just bricks salvaged from a crumbled wall. Thirty minutes to Randoran orbit, sir, says my navigator. Acknowledged. Again, the memory had jogged loose thoughts and feelings that my last clearing had suppressed, including my sense of suspicion and betrayal at the hands of my own society. I placed a third capsule on my tongue. I'm sitting in a small white room on a bench against one wall, and my clothes are white. I have no shoes. I think this must be a prison cell. A woman has just come into the cell. I didn't see her come in. She's middle-aged, thin, attractive, and well-dressed, though she's smoking a cigarette in a long black holder, and I wrinkle my nose at the sharp smell. The woman wears an unpleasant and superior smirk on her face. So here we are again, she says. We two, such old rivals. But you wouldn't remember, would you? Maybe a little bit? I feel like I know her, but I can't recall specifics. I tried to be merciful, Arne, she continues. We tried to be merciful, but it seems that allowing you to keep such a strong tie to your old life was folly. You were starting to remember. Our techniques aren't perfect, but they work fine if we eliminate the more powerful cues, like people you love. She's talking about my wife and son. I start to rise from the bench, but something's pinning my legs and arms. I feel the rage boil behind my forehead. She knows I can't harm her and moves closer, blows smoke in my face and laughs. A girlish giggle. Why not kill you, too? She says. The truth is this planet is a half-terraformed rock, and the other settled planets don't trust us or like us, and are always using their resources to force an advantage. We need what they have, and so we need people like you, skilled and ruthless and determined to get it. So there's no question of killing you. No, we'll keep you employed, and we'll keep you happy, Commander. 
I remember you, I say, but I may be lying, because her identity remains a mystery within the memory. I'll come back. Yes, of course you will. You'll come back again and again, mission after mission. You'll have a prominent position among the people of the middle tier. No one knows you down there. Not really. Different clothes, different hair. You don't really resemble any of your old portraits. I feel my molars with my tongue and find one memory capsule. Just one. It hasn't been detected. I bite down and push the capsule into my cheek. The vision ended. I don't know who the smoking woman was, but I knew she was my enemy. She, and as far as I was now concerned, the entire top tier. Prepare to receive new orders, I said. One aspect of our robot crews is that they're completely loyal to their human ship commanders, and no one else. They don't question. This is because you can't have your crews second-guessing you in the harsh environment of space. Or during combat. Turn the ship about, I said. The mission to Randor has been cancelled. We're returning to Cantor at once. Aye, Commander, my navigator said. My robots started the sequence for engaging the graviton drive. I had one memory capsule left, and I took it. I'm in my apartment, the one I share with my family, in the lavatory. We live in the middle tier, a network of linked tunnels and chambers under the Cantoran surface. And for some reason, this is on my mind. Maybe because I hate the middle tier. I'm looking at myself in the mirror above the sink. I hold four tiny pills in my right hand, and I say to myself, I went to the lower tier, all the way down. Got these black market, memory capsules. I'm telling you, myself, because they're going to make you forget. But I have these. They were expensive. The dealer, somewhat disreputable. Here's how they work. I place three of the pills on the sink stand and take the last in thumb and forefinger, holding it up and leaning toward the mirror. They start in pill form. Place them on your teeth, your molars, for concealment. They'll adhere. To activate, bite down, which will release the pill. Push it toward the side of your mouth, and it will absorb into your skin and muscle. After that, it wanders to the surface and will eventually extrude somewhere on your face or scalp, as a capsule. It will just look like a blemish. I take the single pill and put it in my mouth, tapping it in place over one of my right lower molars. I do the same for the remaining three pills, placing one in each corner of my mouth. I hope I use them wisely, I say, and choose four significant memories. This will be the first, a message to myself. I know my superiors are playing with my memories and lying to me, because I have flashes of another time, another world. I know when they reverse the memory clear, they only return some memories. I have so many gaps. I bite the first pill. When I emerged from the final memory, I had time to think, 
time to decide on the return journey to Cantor. By then I'd made up my mind, and we hit the planet's thin atmosphere hard and fast, like a dropship, and our screens glowed red. My navigator brought us right in over the cities, directly above the top tier. Alarms lit up our comms. Incoming message from the Royal Guard, said my communications robot. Battleship Lancer, said a voice. You are on an unauthorized approach. Return to an elevation of 10,000 meters. General broadcast on all common channels, I said. This is Commander Arn Kane. I have returned. Message sent, said my comms officer. Prepare ship-to-surface missile lock, I ordered. Single load. Target the Royal Dome. The dome containing the Parliament and Palace. Target locked, my loyal tactical robot confirmed. Fire, I said. I didn't think about the number of people, innocent people, who I'd just obliterated as I watched the dome erupt in an expanding ball of white smoke and dust, flame at its center. The ball rose, becoming a distinct and perfect example of a mushroom cloud. I stared at it, my rage slowly changing to sorrow, verging on despair. Several small attack vessels were approaching, ships of the Royal Guard. I could have easily blasted them from the sky, but I just watched them on the screens. I pondered the possibility of my death. It wasn't entirely unwelcome. Orders, sir, said my tactical officer. Although they're loyal, the robots can anticipate certain situational requirements. Detecting weapons lock from the guard ships. Wait, I said. I closed my eyes. I'd been determined to destroy the top tier. All of it. But now I balked. The palace was gone, and everyone in it. Parliament was gone. I was reluctant to fire on the guard ships, on my fellow officers, even though the guard were an elite, all top tier, and not subject to multiple memory clearings. Broadcast to all guard ships, I ordered. This is Commander Kane of the Lancer. You are no match for us. Stand down immediately. I thought that would buy me some time. Incoming communication, said my comms officer. Sir, said a voice. This is Captain Terran Mance of the Royal Guard. I served with you, sir. I remember you. I had no memory of such a person. But I said, Greetings, Captain Mance. I am at your service, Lord Kane, Mance said. I opened my eyes. I'm with you as well, Lord Kane, said another voice. All hail, Lord Kane, said another. All hail, Lord Kane. Rising from my chair on unsteady legs, I saw that the cloud from the destroyed top-tier dome was now higher than our present altitude. I started to remember. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And there you go. Huge. Harold there, sir. Huge. Thank you. I thank you indeed. Oh, and Anthony. It's nice to have you back on, sir. Lovely. Thank you indeed. Gentlemen, it's been an honor. Thank you. So that is today's show. Let us know what your thoughts. Starships over at gmail.com. And if you agree or disagree with my film, do you like Parasite? Is it is it worthy of an Oscar? Ooh, I don't know, mind you. I don't know. Until next week, just like you say, good night from me. This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website, www.districtofwonders.com. Thank you for listening. I don't get out much. I've barely left the ground. I'm tuning into your transmissions. I'm moving, waiting to be found. And I'm building rockets. I'm pointing them to the moon. But the work is going slowly. Anytime soon, can you reach me? Is my signal getting through? Turn on your radio, I want to talk to you. This signal's going light speed. By the time I get my say, I might already be on to you and on my way. But you're so far from here And at best I'm moving slow So I'm waiting on your call At home with nowhere to go Can you reach me? Is my signal getting through? Turn on your radio I want to talk to you I want to talk to you
If I could cast myself on a radio wave, I might get to you someday. If books were rocket ships, I'd need only the will to fly. I'm still building word by word, and I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there, out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there, out there by and by. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.